Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, we're going to miss this man on AFL Nation uh, this year. The name is Michael Barlow. Of course, uh, Coach Werribee to the grand final last year. Now he's the head of development at the North Melbourne Footy Club and he joins us this morning. G'day, Mick. Yeah, Jules. Yeah, great to be here in uh, Bandura today while Arden Street is getting relayed. We're training out um, in the northern suburbs, so it's been a good change-up. Beautiful. How was the trip up north, the training camp you had up there? Yeah, we're up on the Gold Coast um, last week, and we just pretty much replicated a normal week. So, um, yeah, there wasn't too much outside of the norm of, of what our normal week looks like in terms of training and commitments and and whatnot. But the connection piece is pretty important. Um, Clarko's, you know, been in the role with with Todd Viney uh, now for twelve months, but you know the, the turnover in that twelve months um, and into this year is again pretty significant. So the ability to connect with um, all the players and and the staff and whatnot was pretty important. So um, yeah, good week, a solid week, and um, yeah, we return you know, better connected and, and looking forward to. A little block before Christmas and and freshen up and come back in 2024. We saw the news uh, late last night. There's there was a setback for Aiden Core. What's been described as a pretty significant ankle sprain. Uh, what happened there? And when do you expect to see him back on the track? Well, I wound back the clock, Jules. I was out actually partaking in match play, um, and I'll, I'll just preface this with saying that I wasn't involved in the direct incident, um, but I was rolling back to support uh, Corey from a wing and. Um, yeah, as happens in, in footy and match play and contact sports, you know, there was a, an aerial contest and um, Corey came across and, um, yeah, just landed really awkwardly and, and straight away he knew, he knew there was, yeah, something something wrong. He's pretty tough, though. He jumped back back up and um, hobbled off. He didn't kind of linger. He's, he's got a great attitude to just get on with it, which is um, very admirable. But unfortunately, yeah, there's a little setback for him there, which... Um, yeah, we'll keep him out of training um, for a little period, hoping to kind of reintegrate him in, in some form um, into the new year, you know, like in a, in a rehab phase probably for, for January and um, having a look at what, what the start of the season looks like from there. And Taron Thomas has had just a, a little minor op on, on his groin. That doesn't sound like something's going to hold him back too much. Yeah, it doesn't. Like Taron, um, you know, was running and, and doing a lot of volume um, prior, to the, prior to the procedure. So... That was um, a couple of weeks ago now, and then he went. We just went up to up north, and he was he was very limited in, in what he could involve himself with in terms of training on on the Gold Coast. But you know he was around the group, and um, you know he'll build his loads now into the into the Christmas period and, and pop out at the other end. Um, 
yeah, in good nick and, and ready to roll for the season. So with your role, Head of Development, I remember you speaking uh, just after you got the job and you weren't sure whether that was first to four years, first to third years, how that group looks. So so just what is it exactly the, the job title in terms of which players yeah. you're working with or are you you're working across the whole list? Yeah, working across the whole list. So we've invested pretty significantly in the in the development space, which is which is um, yeah great for great for my role. But we've got you know, myself included um, uh, five development coaches. You know the, the the large majority of our our group. You know we've brought in um, another six in the draft and um, a couple from other clubs or, or a few from other clubs this year. So there's there's nine new players into the into the program. Um, this year, all of which, you know, the oldest of them is um, is or ten. So with Toby Pink, yeah, Toby Pink and Zach Fisher who are 25. So got a lot of players still in the development phase of their of their career. So my particular role oversees you know, each individual player's um, capacity to improve and and what that plan looks like individually, um, and then you know making sure that we're we're hitting those focus areas, but embracing the players' weapons as well. So whilst there's a, an increased focus on my role in the kind of first to four year players. Um, which makes up a large chunk of our list anyway. Um, yeah, the commitment to improve um, those outside of that realm as well is pretty important because, um, yeah, we need to see kind of 10 to 20% improvement individually across a lot of our guys to, to start to climb up the ladder. It's been a Michael Barlow, Head of Development at North Melbourne, McCafe Coffee, coffee Catch-Up, Brewster-made ice-cold drive-through for your ice coffee favourites at McCafe. Exciting draft haul, as we know, Colby McKercher, Zane Dersma, Taylor Goad, Will Dawson and Riley Hardiman. Uh, a lot of focus on the on the two really high picks, of course, McKercher and Dersma. But overall, your your early impressions of the five boys that came in via the national draft. Yeah, um, oh, all I can do really early early days is judge on attitude and effort. Um, and that sounds quite cliche, but I, I just loved seeing guys come in and understand and realise they've they've fulfilled their dream. Um, to get into the system, but now our challenge is to to make sure it's a prolonged existence in that system. So those those guys, I know you did mention, you know, Colby and um, Durs in particular. There's been a lot of uh, focus on them as the, as the higher picks, and um, rightfully so. High talent, high high attitude, um, have come in with with the ability to to absorb and, and take on coaching from from day dot. But you know, as as, as recently as a couple of hours ago, Will Dawson. Um, He's just, uh, he just has an appetite to improve and he's really raw. He's a, he's a key defender, 200 centimetres, um, only turns 18 uh, next week, actually, next Monday. Um, and just we had a, a fairly kind of solid condition slash skill session just before. And he, uh, to use uh, vernacular that I love, he emptied out and um, his breakfast may have come up and <laughs> got straight back into the into the next drill and um, did it all with a smile on his face. So he's got a great attitude. As Will, um, as well as, as Hards and, and Goaty, um, who's a big ruck that'll take some time to develop. But uh, I'll tell you what, yeah, just co- just coaching and being involved with these guys that are just figuring it out is um, is pretty cool at this stage. And and yeah, as I said, our job is to try and fast track them and make them AFL players as quickly as possible. Yeah, we saw what Sheasel and Wardlaw could do last year. Just a couple of youngish North Melbourne players. I know North Melbourne pl- uh, supporters are always really excited uh, about them, but they've both had. Injuries. Uh, Charlie Combin and Braden George. Just a, just a word on those two. Yeah. So Charlie had the. I was actually doing the game for AFL Nation last year when he went when he went down against the D's and um, it was a bleak old night for North. I think it was a 
15 goal loss and Charlie did his did his ankle in the first kind of five or ten minutes of the game. Um, but yeah, Charlie's coming along like he's been reintegrated into some training um, in the last last couple of weeks. So he's you know, a bigger body. So sometimes with those those breaks and and, and lower leg ailments, like the bigger bodies just take a while to adjust to the load. Um, so he's in, in really good physical condition. Um, now it's just about kind of building that volume to to be able to play and compete. And um, I think it's been made fairly known that, that we'll have a look at him across half back um, in a key position, ball behind the ball. Um, maybe just to allow him to see the ball come at him a little bit. So we've seen some, some nice stuff in, in the very limited bits of play that, that, was, that he's been involved in. And uh, Braden George, um, like this kid's got great resilience. I've only known him um, for a month, but a knee leak last year and then an elbow injury. And all, he, all he's done is, is rocked up to work with a smile on his face and a great attitude to, to be the best teammate and person he can around the club. So what he's, what he's done is he's shown he's a great role model for, for others to understand the great position they're in, just to be able to compete and train and, and do this for a living. It's been taken away from him for, for longer than he'd like, but he's one that I have no doubt just the attitude he's got. Um, he'll come in and he'll, he'll show some real things um, for North and whether it's 12 months of, of building um, and maybe more limited exposure to AFL, we don't know, but um, yeah, we're just looking forward to getting him back involved in the footy program um, in the next month or so. So in your role as head of development, we know you know most of the players coming into the system now are coming through really professional environments, whether it's TAC Cup, some of the private schools out of the SANFL and, and the Waffle and even in the VFL. So when you get players in sort of for the first 12 to 24 months, what are, what are the real areas in a development space that, that you focus on? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's something kind of, I reckon, coming from you know, the, the experience that I've had in the last few years with Werribee and my kind of affinity and, and really strong attachment to semi-professional programs. And I've spoken a lot about how I value um, the benefit of the dual role or the, or the coexistence of guys, you know, studying and, and working and, and, and then um, finding the time and having to show the resilience and work ethic to, to do the semi-professional football aspect and, and then compete against the full-timers on the weekend. So I reckon in early stages in my role, um, without speaking out of school, we're, we're trying to find some opportunities to, to build resilience um, within um, within these guys that are, that are coming out of the, the talent pathways. And, and for years, a lot of them have known that the day was coming, the draft day. So I think, again, a part of my role um, and something that you know, I have a, a strong affinity and attachment to is, is helping helping them understand um, what the environment is that they're in. And, and yeah, yeah, but they're lucky, yes, but they've, they've earned the right to be here and how to maximise it. Um, so even, even today, I don't mind sharing, Clarko, um, there is some elements of training that we're throwing in to, to try and build this resistance and or resilience, I should say, and, and trying to push our players um, through that limit and beyond. I mentioned the Will Dawson example that you know, he's only very early into his career, but he's showing a great appetite just to just to do it and empty out and get back into it. And um, yeah, we need that at AFL um, Footy Field. It's, it's a tough environment to exist, um, and, and we don't want them just existing. We want them flourishing. So trying to find ways to build that resilience in training and um, you know, beyond the football field as well 
um, to provide the right support for them, yes, when they move away from home, but um, help them grow up nice and quickly as well. Oh, Mick, you've got some exciting talent to work at, uh, work with at Arden Street, not just next year, for the years to come. Uh, good luck. We look forward to uh, catching up uh, as the season gets near and, and throughout next season as well. Thanks for your time. Yeah, absolutely, Jules. Looking forward to chatting through the year, mate.